local bar podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, all the places to get your good and your bad podcast. If you want to reach out to us, chat at localbarmedia.com is the best place to do that. Uh, Local Bar Media on the Facebooks, whenever we promote stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, Local Bar Media. Dot com this place you can go i uh th- thanks for being back again this week got a great interview awesome interview with a fantastic guy mr dave dana um it's uh it's a really it's a really great great episode really great episode yes i already know this episode is going to be phenomenal can you tell i'm reading can you tell again just uh don't mind pulling back the curtain letting you see the the man behind the curtain and the great and powerful eyes is just standing on a milk crate. Um, Dave Dana is joining me. It's a great interview. Uh, really awesome guy. If you follow him on uh, Twitter or YouTube or one of his places, uh, I, d- I had no idea that he was a South Carolina guy. I had no clue. I mean, he's not originally from here, but he he lives here now. Uh, and so that was that was really cool to kind of, in, in our introductions, figuring that, figuring that out. Uh, incredibly, incredibly nice guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. I got a lot out of his interview. Uh, can't wait to bring it to you here in just a second. Also, just to remind everyone, 429, April 29th at the Tin Roof. If you are in the Charleston area, that's that great music venue over there, West Ashley. Tin Roof, Don Merkel and friends are going to be playing $10. Great show. A lot of great musicians are going to be there. Jason Brockman and, and Don, when they're up on stage, just start yelling out that you want them to play Careless Whisper. Please just do me a favor and do that. Uh, but uh, check it out. Don Merkel and friends. A lot of other people are going to be there. Like I said, the aforementioned Jason Brockman, Chris Lothar, Todd Edmonds, all those cool guys. Ripley and the Ghost. There's uh, a lot of cool people going to be there. It's going to be a great show. Uh, I, I'm still trying to make it work. I'm trying. Trying to make that work. It's a, it's that it's that it's there's kids in their soccer, man. And no idea. Well, first of all, soccer is funny. Soccer, you didn't realize how uh how much goes into soccer. I mean, the practice is one thing. She practices four nights a week. The games aren't that bad. It's when there's a tournament. When there's a tournament, just give your you you know, Monday through Friday, give your life to Jesus, but Saturday and Sunday is gonna belong to the soccer field. That's just the way it is. When they have a tournament, they got a tournament that weekend. Um, so if they lose and can't play Sunday, we might be there. So we'd be there for sad reasons if we show up, but we're, we're going to see. Also want to give a shout out, though, uh, to my buddy uh, Topher Riddle. He's got something going on in the Columbia area, April 26th, 730. Uh, at the Old Mill Brew Pub, it is uh, a comedy and beer at Old Mill Brew Pub. Old Mill is a place over in Lexington, probably my favorite. Is it my favorite place? It's one of my top favorite places. Great bar, really cool joint. Uh, they are fixing the dam over there from the great flood that we had here. Some of you know about it. Every now and then, South Carolina makes the news. I think some people found out about it, who we were because of Hugo like in the 80s. Uh, we had that huge flood, that crazy flood that hit um, about, I guess, yeah, shoot. Seven, eight years ago now, they were finally uh, able to rebuild that dam. It's a funny, funny story why they haven't been able to. It's not their fault. It's GovCo. You know that you know that business that's out there just scamming people all the time? That's, that's who it is. Anyway, Topher and uh, a bunch of fellas are having a comedy and beer at the Old Mill uh, Brew Pub. April 26, $7.30, $15 for that. I want to throw my plug in for this. Topher's hosting it, so you want to go for that. Leon Ratliff's going to be there. Pudgy's going to be there. Keith D is going to be there. But Wayne Cousins is going to be there. Now, I don't know Wayne personally. 
I we've probably done some open mics together. I don't know that we've ever been formally introduced. That cat is hilarious. He is I have I have watched a couple of his things recently and he he just absolutely floored me. The way that he crafted his whole few minutes was absolutely fantastic. If you've not seen him, he is certainly worth going and seeing. Maybe one day we'll get him on the show. I don't think I've actually reached out to him yet. It's not his fault, but but anyway, uh, check that out. A couple of cool things going with some folks that have been on the show. Don, who is perpetually on the show. Yeah, just in case you're new to the show, all, all the music that we do here is uh, usually created by Mr. Don Merkel, singer-songwriter down out of Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, he's got uh, some great albums out there on the uh, on the iTunes. You can find uh, Don Merkel, Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths, a couple of other ones. When he was kicked out of those other bands. I don't know if him if I'm allowed to say those names or not. I um I I really enjoyed my my conversation with Dave the other day. I found him on Twitter. One of the things I've I've tried to do is cut a lot of crap off of my Twitter feed. I found that it's a little bit easier. I don't care how you vote or what you think, but since Elon's taken over, I've been able to cut out a lot of people that I don't really want to see and kind of Try to craft my feed into something as positive as that bathroom stall that is Twitter. As positive as I'm able to with that place. And uh, and in that, one of the things I've kind of centered on is not just comedians and people like that, but, but, but folks that are on some kind of life-changing journey. And it's really easy to kind of find some folks that are... Um, on the health side, but I, I, yeah, you get a lot of you get a lot of gym bros. You get a lot of gym bros where it's uh, it's cold tubs and beef broth and all that kind of stuff. Not saying that I don't participate in some of that, but it's just a lot of that. Eat fifty eggs, you know. Eat four raw chickens a day, and you'll look like the Rock. You know, there's a lot of that. So it, it, you have to really pay attention when you're trying to whittle some of that down. I came across this guy um, who was an obese guy. I saw a picture of him, and he's in a Planet Fitness, taking a selfie in a Planet Fitness. And I was like, what is this guy's deal? This guy looks like someone that I want to find a way to support. And what I've found is since I've been following him is that Dave has done more to support me. On days that I feel bad, I don't want to get up and work out, I don't want to hit the streets running at 5 a.m., whenever that is, I will usually take a quick glance at my Facebook page in the morning while I might be putting down just a quick cup of coffee to wake myself up. You add salt into it, and what you want to do is put a few oats in there, too. God, I swear. I swear I get those emails whenever I mention anything about diet. The gym bros are full force. I know my name is Chad, but I'm not a gym Chad. Easy <laughs> if you look at a picture of me. Um, but I'll look, at, I'll look at some social media real quick. Before I, I get going, and I've started checking Twitter, the, 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 the people that I know are looking specifically for the people that I know that would be able to kind of give me a, an uplifting thing or maybe just something to distract my mind or think about while I'm working out. And more often than not, Dave is already up, already at the Planet Fitness or the Plet, as he so lovingly calls it, and, and, and probably halfway through his workout by the time I even hit that button. It's uh, it's pretty inspirational listening to him, but one of the things that I really got out of this interview is how he's been processing it, the good and the bad, and where his mindset is, what what's really worked for him. It reminds me of some stories that I, I, I've heard, and I've been thinking about it for the past couple of days since he and I talked, and, and every now and then, I come across people, it's usually in a bar. And somewhere where we're relaxed and we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation and somebody will bring something up and, and they will just say the words that they feel stuck. I know that feeling. A lot of us know that feeling. We feel stuck. Sometimes we feel stuck in a job. Sometimes we feel stuck in a, in a situation. Sometimes we feel stuck in the friends we have. But a lot of times we feel stuck and we don't know why we're not sure why I, th I think after reflecting on the conversation i have with dave that i've got an answer for about 90 percent of you more on that in a minute 
Right now, I want to bring to you my interview with the great boy from the upstate of South Kakalaki, who does not sound Southern at all, <laughs> Mr. Dave Dana. And I'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Waking up to you ain't easy Knowing you're not really there Another morning guarantees me Another night up in the air Yet another demonstration How easy I'm so tranquilized By some innate fascination And the slight turn of your eyes Break my heart, break it twice Break my heart, break it twice Break my heart, break it twice Third time's charm Yeah, third time's charm I put the pieces back together Shook it out and counted it ten Every now and then I, I get uh, different people on the show and I'll, I'll bring somebody on that comes like out of left field that I've just run into. And uh, this this is one of them. And I, I'm super happy to have uh, to have Dave on today. I, I, I found Dave on Twitter. I'm actually not sure exactly where it started, Dave, but uh, <laughs> I, it, I, I, I found you somewhere and I saw what you were doing. And I was just like, oh, I've, I've got to talk to this guy. And I remember reaching out to you. Wasn't long ago. You said, hey, I've kind of been ignoring it, but I do want to do some interviews. I'm sorry. You were like one of the nicest people ever to come back around. And so <laughs> as soon as I could, I shot you a message. I wanted to have you on. Dave Dana is here with us. And uh, Dave, let, let's talk a little bit real quick about what you're doing. And we're going to then we'll bring it down uh, from a 35,000 foot view into who you are and, and, and kind of where your inspiration was. But correct me if I'm wrong, but you've pretty much blown up because you're a guy that says, you know what, I'm a great guy, I'm a nice guy, uh, but I have felt like I am incredibly way too overweight for too long. So I'm not only going to just lose weight, I'm going to document it uh, as a sense of accountability with random public. Uh, do I pretty much have that that's figured exactly out? That's exactly right. So what, that's pretty much exactly right. Yeah. So how long would you start this journey? I started it in June of 2022. I had just moved to Gaffney and I realized I was having trouble going up my stairs. I flew for the first time since the pandemic and I had to ask for a seatbelt extender, which was basically the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to do in my life. And then I came back from that trip and I realized that I couldn't get a, my weight on my home scale it gave me an error message, and I assumed it was some it was some piece of garbage I needed to replace it or it needed new batteries. But I quickly came to the realization that it was me that was the problem, and the scale maxed out at 400 pounds, and that's why I was getting the error message. And those those couple of things coming together last June really kickstarted this journey I've been on for the last uh, nine or ten months. So let's let's not leave anybody in suspense. You've lost a great deal of weight. I think you just crossed a major milestone within the past couple of days. Where are you now with it? I'm down 86 pounds. I've yeah. dropped from 399.9 down to 300 and about uh, 13 pounds. I'll do a weigh-in tomorrow for my weigh-in Wednesday. And I say 86 pounds, but it was obviously more than that because yep. for the first four weeks, I kept getting that error message. So I was going to say, yeah, 86 dude. pounds at least. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do we, do we, I wasn't trying to be funny, but I was like, do we technically know how much you've lost? So we know you've lost yeah, it. we're not sure. Yeah, at least 86 pounds. That's amazing. So uh, people are going to ask, uh, obviously, yeah. what are you doing? So on a, uh, you know, just a, just kind of a, a broad brush or however much, like wherever you want to give the credit to, what things are you sure. doing to, to help you make this transition? Yeah, they say you can't outrun a bad diet, and I definitely think that is true. So I would credit most of this weight loss and the fact that it's been pretty sustainable over nine or ten months now to changing my diet to cutting out a lot of what's in the standard American diet. So I cut out fast food, junk food, processed food, packaged food, stopped drinking my calories, cut way back on my alcohol consumption. And I've replaced it with a lot of meat, a lot of vegetables, and some fruit. I think that's the main thing. And then I have, for the first time, you know, uh, at the end of last June, I started walking into the gym 
the planet fitness, uh, you know, before I go to work at four or four thirty in the morning, five days a week, I started that, uh, you know, at over 400 pounds, which was again, one of the uh, more uncomfortable situations I put myself in and I'm still doing it now at over 300 pounds. I definitely think the exercise has helped. And then the other thing I like to mention is that the mindset change and the mental health change, working on those two things while doing the diet and the physical exercise, I really think that's a stumbling block that a lot of people who get to my size uh, don't address. Um, and that's why we see so many people who have who really struggle to lose weight. They know what to do with the diet. They know they're supposed to be in the gym. But if you don't have that change of mindset and you don't have that, you don't work on that mental health, I think that sometimes you, you sometimes, at least in my case, being every other time I tried to lose the weight, right, I fell off the bandwagon. But yeah. in general, diet, a, a, you know, a pretty clean diet, some regular exercise and just a lot of work on uh, my mental health and my mindset, you know, getting in a more positive space. I understand the the mindset thing. That's something that um, so I I've my wife and I have have over the past couple of years made made a, a, a change in our mindset to be healthier, to eat healthier, to, to exercise more, and we and we've seen a big difference there. And the mindset was a, a, a tough thing, but you 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 separate mindset and mental health. What do you mean by that? Well, I have I have bad mental health days. I'm not always motivated to get out of bed at four a.m. Um, you know, I have bad days at work. I have bad days at school. There's lots of stress and pressure with, you know, different forms of adulting that we all go through. So sure. I don't want to say I'm, an, I'm a mental health expert and I don't want to say that I have excellent mental health. It's a work in progress, of course. But my mindset is a far more positive, optimistic and sort of can do mindset. Yeah. And that regardless, every challenge going into it with the mindset of I'm going to break this down into pieces that I can tackle. I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. I'm not going to let it shut me down. I'm not going to let it crank my anxiety through the roof. Yeah. Just that being able to put myself in that mindset. And again, I'm not perfect. So I separate the two just because I, I can't always control my mental health. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but that mindset trying to approach everything with uh, positivity and with motivation and with optimism, that is something I have more control over if I focus on it, just like I'm focusing on my diet and making sure I'm getting my exercise in. That's a good point. I, I like the way you put that. I, you know, it's one of the things that I, I, I've told people before that, you know, it's, it's not hard for me to, it's easy for me to understand why I won't, uh, uh, pizza when I'm hungry. It's easier for me to understand why I just want to go and grab something quick if I'm in a hurry. I understand that stuff. One of the things I didn't realize is that, like, I was stress eating. I don't, I don't know if you're that yeah, way, but it's like, here. you know, oh, when yeah. I was trying to lose weight, I'm like, I am just, I can't satiate this, 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 Absolutely. this thing today. And I realized it was on the days that I was really stressed. And so that, that was one of the things I actually talked with some folks about that. Like, hey, what, what kind of things do I need to look for that could quite possibly yeah. trigger this? And that wasn't really my mindset. It was really more of like a no. You kind of understand how your brain works, man. And that's a that's a Absolutely. big deal. You so you're at uh, you're at the weight you are now. When was the last time in your life you weighed that much? Years ago, I'm probably the lowest I've weighed since maybe 2016, maybe even before. I was a fairly normal weight kid up through high school and even through college, and then I put on the weight like crazy right after college. You know, I got into the real world. I realized I'd never learned to cook. All of a sudden, I had a big career. At that point in time, I was in the D.C. Baltimore Metro working for a massive, you know, one of the big four accounting firms. It was constant stress. It was constant pressure. I was way out of my league. And I turned, you know, I didn't turn to drugs, which I guess was good. I didn't turn to alcohol. I guess that was good, right? I didn't do anything more drastic, which yeah. I guess in yeah. hindsight was a, was a blessing. But I did eat a ton for years. Yeah. And so I blew up from, you know, 225, 230 to 400 and some pounds, you know, between 2014 and 2022, you know, what was that? Seven years I gained probably 200 pounds or close to it. So, so going from June of last year to now, how you feel? Yes. Substantially better. I mean, it's, it's, I'm still over 300 pounds, so I don't want to, I don't want to give anyone false hope. I'm still, you know, in terms of where I am and where I'm going, I'm less than halfway through my journey, but just the fact that it's been sustainable and reliable now for nine or 10 months, I've never dieted where I haven't felt miserable. It's always been miserable and I've never exercised where it hasn't been miserable because in the past, my diets have mostly been like a ton of salary salad, sorry, a ton of salad 
counting every single calorie, yeah. putting myself in a huge caloric deficit, and then doing like an hour plus of cardio seven days a week, and it was <laughs> miserable, and I hated it. No and, wonder you, know, you hate it. That's, that's torture yeah. in some places, man. I, yeah. I don't think NATO lets you do that to war, war prisoners Probably anymore. Not, not anymore. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, in Geneva Convention stuff comes up. But, yeah. you know, I would lose weight. Don't get me wrong. That'll lose you weight. It's just I was miserable. My mental health got worse instead of getting better. And despite the fact that I would lose 20, 30, 40 pounds, I'd fall off the wagon and I'd gain it all back. So finding a way for me that keeps me satiated through the day, finding exercise that I find more enjoyable and seeing a sustainable, you know, one, two, three pounds of weight loss pretty much every week has been hugely motivating and inspiring. And on a practical level, even though I'm still at 313 pounds, I don't have the same fear I do every day that mm. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow. You know, I'm not, I'm not healthy. You know, I, I need a lot of, a lot more work, but my resting heart rate isn't like over a hundred. My blood pressure isn't yeah. in the high range. My glucose and A1C aren't in the diabetic range, right? There's, I had my blood work done a second time and my doctor was impressed. It was coming down so quickly, faster than he thought into the healthy ranges. So I feel like I've gone from fear about my life every single day to just, I still need to get healthy and there's a lot of work to do. And that has been incredibly motivating for me to just keep going because at some point, you can have all the motivation and you can have all the drive in the world, but you still have to wake up early tomorrow and go to the gym and you still have to avoid the drive through. Right. And you still have to avoid nighttime snacking. And that's an everyday thing for the rest of your life. And I feel like for the first time I'm doing something that is sustainable and I could actually do it for the rest of my life. That's a, that's an amazing. So thanks for, thanks for admitting that and for saying that. And I think that's one of the things whenever I've talked to anybody on this show, throughout the years about weight loss, I think one of the things that people stray away from is just absolutely mentioning that fear. And I, I've lived that too. Not, I, I know not to the extent that you have, but you know, I've got kids and I worry about stuff and I got a call from the doctor one yeah, time yeah. that I probably, I, it was, it ended up not being as bad as what I thought it was going to be, but it scared the crap yeah. out of me. Mm -hmm. I, and I think people don't realize that, that there is a, there is a fear that you can stop living with. Do you, do you think people just get, I mean, when they get to the point of where they're not taking care of themselves and they just ignore it, that they ignore that fear. Was that fear there before you really got working or was it did it become a little bit more prominent when you were watching your levels and you were watching the work you were doing? You were feeling the pain of trying to get started and get to the Planet Fitness in the morning. Did that fear, did, did it accelerate when you first started? Yeah, it accelerated initially. I think what was happening beforehand is that I was bottling it up and I was isolating myself and I was keeping a lot inside and pushed down, which was hurting my mental health and was probably responsible for part of my ongoing weight loss, uh, weight gain. Sorry, you know, after, you know, what, 275, 300 pounds, there was no way even to lie to myself that I didn't need to make a change, sure. but I still yeah. didn't. Yeah. for another 100, 125 pounds, right? <laughs> so that fear was there and it was growing. And instead of dealing with it, I bottled it up, I pushed it down and I ate more to make myself feel good to have that, you know, dopamine hit to get that, you know, whatever addictive tendencies I was, you know, having at that point in time. And then, yes, once, once I... Once those few moments in June happened, the seatbelt extender, worrying about folding chairs, getting up the stairs, and not being able to get my own weight all happened in sort of like a two-week period right when I moved here. Um, then the fears cranked way up, and it was, uh, it was rough. You know, there's no way around it. The first few weeks, especially after I went to – I got a doctor here that was on my insurance. That took a little while, so it was like July when I first went – and those first set of blood results, it wasn't good for someone who had just turned 30, right? Everything yeah. was borderline needing to be medicated at, at this young age. And, you know, seeing that fear in my parents' eyes, they came to visit me. I just bought a new house. I wanted to see the new house. Like, you know, I, you don't, you don't want to see that in your father's eyes, and you don't want to have to worry that he's going to have to bury his son, right? And, and it was, you know, so the fear of the first few months was actually heightened, and it was rough going through it. But to be honest, I think that's what got me partially through those first months because, those first few months, they're hard. You're breaking old habits. You're breaking potentially addictions, and you're putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, you know, going to the gym at over 400 pounds, not knowing how to do any of the uh, workouts, not knowing how to use any equipment. You're going to a new doctor and having to, you know, 
You know, you can't, I can't lie to the doctor when he's holding the blood results. Right. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that fear, that fear was at the time a negative And in hindsight, one of the motivators that got me through those initial, very difficult, you know, first two months, I'd say. You, um, you've got a Twitter account that I follow, um, and I'm sure you're on other social media as well. You've got, sure, yeah. uh, you got quite a few YouTube videos, I believe, uh, but your Twitter is one of my favorite follows because, uh, I appreciate that. number one, you're up early. And so I like, yes. by the time I get up at five o'clock, you're already at the gym and you're what you, and, right, yeah. there's like, <laughs> this is you and this guy, Bradley, that that's, he's over in Texas somewhere. I don't know if y'all are connected. I'm, I might have to shoot you something on him. Both of y'all are yeah, two of the first you. things I see in the morning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's great and motivational, but I remember one of the first times I found you, I, I was, I, I work all over the state and I was up in Greenville. And I was yeah. at the, I was staying at a at uh, Hilton that's right there on Haywood, but the Planet Fitness yep. was down the street a good ways. And when I got there, um, it was a a, a plin. It wasn't the plet, but it was just the P L N. Exactly. And yeah. you like, I remember you you would make fun of it. Your Planet Fitness, the letters weren't all up, and it just said plet. And so you're like, hey, I'm all here right. at the plet. Yeah. And then you even had shirts made, and I loved yeah. it. I mean, it's such a yeah. funny thing. People started asking for them, so I made some shirts. And the thing was. I thought maybe they'd see the tweets and fix the lights and it was there for months. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but that Planet Fitness only opened in September. It used to be a bylaw. I think they like bought a bunch of them out. It looks they like it. Yeah. In September and October. Yeah. And then it was, and then it immediately died and was out for four months and they just fixed it last month. It was just, it was just became a running joke and it became something that kept me positive and lighthearted in the morning when I didn't want to be awake at four 30, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was just, yeah. I was wondering that because I was like, you know, I know planet fitness has gotten to see this and somebody's got to have called it. This guy's got a big following. Somebody's going to say something about the sign, but that actually, was the most, the most entertaining part was that they follow me on everything <laughs> and they come and they comment on my stuff for months. And I was yeah. like, just shoot me a DM and I'll give you the location. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? But you know, that's, they got, they got it done eventually. That's awesome. Well, it, it really is cool. And it was a neat thing for you to kind of make your own. And it's something that, yeah. that, uh, I, you know, it, it means something now, like whenever I see that or think about it, I laugh, but it's also a, Hey, get your butt to the gym. It, it's time to go, you know? So absolutely, um, I think that's really cool. You, you, um, you, you've, you know, let's, let's, we were talking about the success that you've had in losing weight. I, I know you can look at it as whether it, it, whether it was an addiction or whether it was a way for you to compensate in other ways or whatever you want to look at that caused your weight to, to, to rise. You've also been very successful though. You've been an accountant, you do very well. You, you talk about a couple of the things that you have going on. Um, there's some stuff in the real estate market that you've brought up. I mean, you don't go into a terrible uh, amount of that, but you, you've done, you've done pretty well for yourself. What, do you think that's been? Um, do you think that's really been something that's been a driving force for you? The fact that you know that you've been successful in some other places in your life, and you looked at this as like another challenge that you knew you were going to get. Or, and, and I'm just curious, was this one of those things that you looked at and you thought, "Man, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't know if this is one that I can win because of where I'm starting out from." I, I don't know. What, what's that mindset been like for you to, when you got started with this? This was the hardest one to to be honest. This felt to me very foreign. I didn't grow up playing sports and I wasn't obese as a child, so I I both I didn't have any experience of how to exercise and I also didn't have any experience of really needing to because I didn't need to lose that much weight, you know, uh, in in high school and college. So when I was starting last year, the one of the reasons I started posting on social media was just for my own accountability because I was so worried that I was just going to fail again. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure how many times I could fail repeatedly because everything else was going pretty well. Like accounting was a pretty stable career for me, nothing crazy, but like, you know, decent and I'm decent at it. And I had, I had bought a few houses and they turned a few into rentals and I never thought I would be able to do that. And that was pretty crazy. And I'm going to grad school at Clemson and that was going okay. And then there was this massive failure sitting there that was obvious every time I looked in the mirror and I was so far behind because I was over 400 pounds. I didn't know how to exercise. My dieting clearly wasn't working because I was over 400 pounds, right? Like clearly I had no idea what I was doing because if I did, I wouldn't have gotten to where I was. And so one of the reasons that I started posting on social media and that I took a very different approach this time. You know, I'm not eating tons of salad. I'm not doing tons of cardio. 
um, and I'm doing it very publicly, was because I realized that I had been doing the same thing over and over and failing over and over, and that was the definition of insanity, and that I was, in fact, going to go insane if I just did the same thing again and then failed again. So part of the mindset switch last year was I need to do something drastically, drastically and radically different, and it, in the worst-case scenario, I'll fail again like I have before, but I'm not just going to do the same thing again. How much cardio do you do? I do some every day. Don't get me wrong. I do think it's important, but really it's like 15 to maximum 30 minutes a day, and it's pretty moderate, and I do it after I get through whatever weights or strength training I'm going to do, and if that goes longer, then I cut the cardio down or I cut the cardio out. I far more enjoy trying to learn about the different machines that are not cardio in the gym, and in reality, in my opinion, again, I'm not an expert or anything, but just doing 30 to 45 minutes in the gym you know, five days a week at over 400 pounds or over 300 pounds, you're burning a lot of calories. Sure, Like you're, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm moving. Like every time I stand up, I'm lifting, right? Like hundreds of extra pounds, right? You know what I mean? So to me, to me, in the past, the sort of obsession with like doing a bunch of cardio, because like, that's how you lose weight. Um, you know, especially if you do it for hours, it's not that that's a lie. It's just that, that it's that it's miserable. And I can burn a couple hundred calories in the gym at this weight in 30 to 45 minutes doing pretty much anything. So I'd rather do something that's um, more enjoyable or at least less miserable combined with, again, the exercise is great and I get a great mental boost out of it. And it makes me feel very accomplished and positive early in the morning, which I really like for the rest of my day. But it is mostly, it's mostly the diet and it's mostly, you know, the healthy lifestyle and mental health that's that I, that I attribute for my weight loss. What, um, you know, you've, you've been, uh, it's, it's obvious you've been incredibly successful so far, but what's been one of the toughest setbacks you've, you've, you've come across, come across since you started back in June. The ongoing, I would say the ongoing toughest thing for me that constantly sort of beats me down. I'll say, I don't want to be too negative about it, but I really, I haven't figured out a way to not snack at night. Oh, and it's really? the one part. Yeah. yeah. I just, I still do it. I'm, it's a lot better. It used to be like fast food binges. That would be like brutal and like really bad for me. Now it's more like I have a little bit of chicken. I shouldn't be having, right. I go down and I have, you know, a, a, ba- a little basket of blueberries, which again, like it's not great because it's a sugar and carbs, but it's blueberries, right? It's not going to be the yeah, end sure. of the world. Right? It's I'll not fries. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's totally fine. Like, um, but it happens regularly enough that it's just a constant annoyance to me. And I've taken all this advice. I even thought like, I'm going to wake up at 4am. So I have to go to bed really early. So I'm not going to be able to nighttime snack. No, I still managed to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's an, it's, and the problem is if, if I if I do too much, then I don't feel great the next morning when I'm trying to get up and go at 4 a.m. or 4.15. Yeah. So the hardest thing, that's one of the hardest things. The other hardest thing is just that, you know, I know a lot of big guys will, will recognize this or big girls too, but, uh, you know, it's tough to say, but after all of this success and nine months of consistently losing weight, I'm still over 300 pounds. Yeah. And, and you can, you know, like there's like, so much my my goal is to get under 200 my goal you know like my doctor probably wants me at like one you know my doctor probably wants me like 180 185 type thing and like i might not you know i might settle in the 190s right but but still like there's more than half of the journey yet to go and it's just a constant uh you know reinforcement i have to give myself that like the, the healthy, sustainable thing is to do one, two, three pounds a week. Do it exactly like you're doing it because you're going to have to do it for the next couple of decades, right? So I know I could jump on some crash diet or some sketchy, you know, strip mall pills and lose the weight a lot faster. But I also know that that would be more dangerous and probably wouldn't work long term. Sure. Yeah. I um I have to uh, I have to agree with you about the nighttime snacking. That's a hard thing for me too. And I, I mean, it's that's brutal. a really hard thing. Yeah. Like that's a, yeah. like I could, I was doing great when I, when we first started the diet that we're on, I don't want to say diet, the healthcare program, but it was uh, yeah. a lot of it was like around intermittent fasting. Right. And so yeah. that yep. was really good and it, it worked really for me. And I, I generally still keep up with that. I, I realized I don't need to eat as soon as I get up in the morning. Like I thought I did. Um, but at yeah. night, oh my God, it did not matter what I had at dinner. An hour later, I knew I was gonna want like I was gonna Absolutely. want something. It's that's a hard one. I started. Um, I don't know if you've tried this, but um, I started doing uh, like apple cider vinegar. You know how everybody on diets loves yeah. like apple yeah. cider vinegar can mm-hmm. like you, I swear they think it can cure cancer, but it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would do that in like some Lacroix. 
water, like the fizzy water, because yeah. I like that stuff. And I would do that. Yeah. And, it, and it it works. It doesn't win every time, but it, it works some. Yeah. But I'm I'm with you on the late night snacking. I still have a hard time. I'll be laying in bed. I'm like, if my wife wasn't there, I would sneak right up and I would go get something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What um yeah. So far with 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 all this journey and with everything that you're doing, um, what have you been the most surprised at? Like, what, what's something that you've looked at and been like, you know what, this that's, this, I mean, obviously the weight loss is one thing, and that's that's where you know we all look at that stuff. But like the non-scale victories and things like that, what, what what's been the biggest pleasant surprise that you really didn't see coming? The biggest one, and again, this is not directly weight loss related, but at the same time, it's very related. That was completely out of left field, and I still am like I'm stunned by it every day, and I, I really haven't figured it out to be honest. Is that people are now following along the journey with me? Ah, cool. Because um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I didn't really use social media before this. I don't, I didn't really have a very good positive opinion of social media to be honest. Yeah. And now Arnold Schwarzenegger is giving me like lifting <laughs> tips and all yeah. that, like. People are congratulating me on 50,000 followers. Like people are asking if I have a Facebook page. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing. I can't quite figure it out. Like I don't have a manager or a strategy. I don't understand the algorithms rhythms or anything. I just post planet fitness selfies and like, you know, whatever pictures of my food sometimes if I remember. And I, you know, it's not like I know how to cook either. Right. Or how to work out really. It's, it's just <laughs> like, I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert in any way. And I'm, I'm not doing anything that I necessarily even think you should follow. Cause I, I'm just experimenting right I, Who knows if it's going to work long-term, but uh, regardless, um, people have decided to start following me and, uh, and asked for more. And it's, you know, it's humbling. It's a blessing. It's amazing. And it, it was completely unexpected, especially because for the first three or four months, nobody did. Yeah. So, right? yeah. so it really, it really started in December and then has just snowballed, um, you know, to the fact that, you know, now I'm, you know, now I feel like I should maybe think of like a strategy or other platforms I should be on or whatever, but I just, you know, I, that's, it certainly wasn't anything intentional and I can't uh, quite pinpoint, you know, <laughs> why people are here or what they're here for, but I, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. I, you know, health and weight loss is the goal. And, and uh, I, you know, I'm happy to continue posting about it publicly and it's, it's an amazing resource, honestly, and source of my own motivation to have people along, along with me. One of the things that we, we do come across in today's society though, is there does seem to be, um, this conflict, and, and I, I don't know why we let this happen because I I think it stifles uh, I think it stifles things both ways. But people will look at body positivity as if yeah. you should also not be healthy, or in order for you to be healthy, uh, you're never going to be positive about what you want. And and I think both of those are myths. Where where are yeah. you on that? What have you learned from being? I mean, obviously you want to feel better about yourself. Uh, but you're not doing this because, uh, uh, you know, somebody's telling you, no, you, you have to look like this at the same time, you weren't okay with being the size you were because you yeah. knew it wasn't healthy. Where, where was your mind with all that when you started this and, and where is it today? Yeah. So when I first started, I really wasn't necessarily even aware of body positivity or health at every size or fat acceptance or, you know, various different things that are out there because I really wasn't that much of a social media person before this. Yeah. Now, what I was what I was aware of though was that I wasn't finding any positivity in myself personally being over 400 pounds. Sure. Yeah. In fact, sort of the negatives were stacking up uh, very quickly, and for me, I did not find it uh, attractive. I didn't find it uh, positive. I didn't find it healthy at that size. And and to be frank, I thought it was contributing to a lot of uh, really bad mental health uh, thoughts that, you know, I could see were sort of creeping up in the background and I, I didn't want it to drastically shorten my life. And now, uh, nine months later, I usually stick sort of um, to the approach where I'm having uh, enough trouble, you know, maintaining my own weight and getting myself healthy. So I don't like to dictate uh, what other people should do, but just looking back over the journey I've been on and where I was beforehand, the positivity has come in taking the first steps, the first nine months mm. to take back my health, to get my weight loss under control and to feel more confident and positive about myself because I'm exercising, because I'm not just shoveling crap into my body, highly processed, highly packaged, tons of additives and refined nonsense. That has made me feel more positive. It's made me feel healthier. I'm not there yet. And it's feel more 
made me feel more comfortable about my size. And so I, I don't have a problem conceptually with expanding the beauty standards we have with recognizing people come in different shapes and forms with not just focusing on sort of the 1990s, uh, you know, swimsuit edition of sports illustrated type of beauty, but where I do get concerned and where I do have some personal experience is when health at every size literally means every, or, you know, mm. fat acceptance means fat acceptance means accepting, you know, super morbidly morbid obesity, right. which I don't think is, you know, for me, it just, it, it was either going to be, I accepted it and probably an early death or I didn't accept it. And then I could work on it. So I, I would like to agree more with those movements, but I find that I can't because with, as with so much in our culture, it has gone to an extreme place that, you know, that, you know, at some point I just have to get off, I have to get off the train and, and get back to the gym. Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, before I let you out of here, just a couple other things real quick. Sure. Uh, you, you, uh, are very close to, uh, another great thing. You're, you're about to cross That's the line right. for getting your MBA, correct? That's right. About a month away. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, how's that been so far? It's been great. Clemson has been great. The MBA program has been great. I, you know, I was a little bit skeptical, um, because it is such a massive uh, state school. And then I was doing it during COVID, which was, of course, oh, a mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's been a wonderful experience, you know, having a big southern state school on my resume and having that experience uh, since I plan on being down here in the Carolinas, you know, indefinitely. Wonderful experience. I've been uh, it's been truly a blessing. I've learned a ton. It's a lot more real world than my undergrad was, which I really appreciate because I felt my undergrad was a lot too too academic and didn't uh, really prepare me well. But a lot of the classes there are really geared towards and given by people who have done, you know, what I would like to do and what I'm trying to do. So it's it's been great. Now, I will say at this point in time, I'm ready to be done. You know, I'm in the last four weeks. <laughs> right? like, I, have class, yeah. I, have, I have class tomorrow and I can tell you that I don't, you know, I'm not exactly looking forward to it. But it's been wonderful. It's been very flexible and I'll be very happy to be done with it at the same time. <laughs> David, uh, if people are wanting to follow you and they want to keep up with what you've got going on, where are the best places for them to go to, uh, it, it, join you in this journey? Absolutely. I'm Dave E. Dana on Twitter, uh, David E. Dana on Instagram, Dave E. Dana on Facebook, Dave E. Dana put me in on any social media platform. I'm the guy who probably has, you know, pictures of a fat guy on a planet fitness at 4 a.m. <laughs> gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Well, let's, hey, uh, one South Carolina guy to another. It is great to see you uh, going down this and, and really succeeding. I know that there's a lot of ups and downs with it, but I'm really impressed with what you're doing. But I, I really am appreciative that somebody that you're out there and you're inviting other people to come along with this with you. And I, you know, I guarantee you that there's somebody every day that needs a little bit of that confidence that needs to see someone out there like doing the best that they can. It really, listen, you're, you're an inspiration to me. There are some days when I'm up and I don't want to be up. I'm like, God, this guy's already there, man. Damn it. Come on. You can do it. Uh, so I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on and, and, and sharing some of your story with us today, man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words and it was my pleasure being here. at night, shake, rattle, and roll. The devil walked the streets last night, a deleterious soul. A black shoe, suit, and tie, you gotta see to believe. A rogue and bones, a girl life size, with nothing up his sleeve. Uh, once again, if you uh, dig the music on this show, which really appreciate if you do, uh, the man who writes it and performs it and does all that great stuff, Mr. Don Merkel, Don Merkel and Friends, Don Merkel and Friends. Sounds like something Kenny Rogers did from the 1980s. I guess is Linda Rodstad going to come out? Is a, is OMJ going to show up? Moonwalk? While it's going on? Maybe Paul McCartney jumps out. He and Don do a rendition of Ivory and Ivory. 
Maybe that's what that's, maybe that's what that is. Uh, anyway, four twenty nine, April 29th at the Tin Roof. Please go see him. Um, people ask me sometimes how they can support the show. You can support the show by supporting the people that we promote on it, especially Don for all the work that he does. Uh, so please, if you're in the Charleston area, go give that go give that a, a try. It's only ten dollars. Some of those, if you're a music person, that's the best ten dollars. I guarantee you. I, if how about this? You go to that show. You go to that show and you tell me for the price of music these days, if that ten dollars wasn't a deal, I will pay you your money back. Chad at localbarmedia.com. Just listening to Jason Brockman play the guitar is worth at least a good thirty-six dollars. Listening to Todd Edmonds play bass is worth about a good fifty. Listening to Chris Lawther, um, play banjo is worth about a dollar 75 you add all that up together i promise you promise you it'd be a good time uh i really appreciate dave coming on it was great to talk to him you know a lot of people will sit there and and you'll see them going through their journey and they'll talk about weight loss but they don't really talk a lot about the non-scale victories they're not having to get the seatbelt extender uh the scale that doesn't pick up you know, the, the actual weight that you are. It's not only that. It's, it's feeling comfortable in a, in, a, in a movie theater seat. Not losing your breath when you're running around with, with your kids. Not fearing a doctor's visit. And I was talking earlier about feeling trapped. I think the thing that I kept reflecting on the past couple of days is how often... We feel trapped, and, and we don't really take the time to take a look at it. And I'm going to tell you, physically, post-COVID, that how we are physically, we need to take a look at. I've gotten the hate emails. I'm not going to go down the, the path I've gone because I'm not trying to make the same point again. But we've gotten okay with being out of shape. Beauty at any size. Well, I'm not saying that you've got to look like Barbie. You know, nobody's saying that. That's kind of a ridiculous shape, too, if you've seen it. Have you, have you seen the promos for the new movie? It, it, like, it looks cheesy. It doesn't look like anything that I want to see. I'm going to have to see it because I've got two girls. I understand that. But what if, when Margot Robbie steps out of the shoes and her feet stay at the same angle, that, I love that. It's such, it's such a funny thing. It's such a funny uh, 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 just joke just to have in there. I get it. It's great. But there is such a thing as being unhealthy. There's, there's a thing in being satisfied and trying to make ourselves satisfied with how we look. I'm not going to talk about how we look. As a guy who has had to watch the weight, I'm going to talk about the other side of it. I'm going to talk about how you feel. Whenever I, I started running and I decided I wanted running to be something for me, and I, I, I'm going to tell you I don't do running for weight loss because I don't really see the weight fall off when I do it. I uh, see more of it when I watch my diet and lift heavy things. That's that's the weight stuff. So I got it. Don't worry. Don't worry, Jim Bros. I already got it. You don't have to, you know, no more, no more emails, please. Um, but I run because it, it allows for me to clear my head. You know, when you would you, your body can do some amazing things, but your brain wants to do things in the most efficient manner. So when I run, it's a chance for me to see some instant gratification over a, a job that I'm doing. My body wants me to stop, my body wants to run, my mind wants me to to tell me to stop running, I'm going to continue on. Oh, look, I just did four miles. Great. That feels good. It's also a good way to get your day started, get the blood pumping. But it is. It's a lot like cutting the grass. Anybody who enjoys cutting the grass, some people don't. I get it. But they'll tell you the greatest thing about it is when you're done, you can look back and instantly see that you accomplished something. That's one of the greatest things about doing yard work. You instantly see it. And I really dig that. I've always liked that. Um, I think with our, our weight... We, we forget about that, how nice it is to walk up the stairs without having to take a break. The ability to go on a family trip and not have to sit down all the time. And people will tell me, Jed, I can't run because my knees hurt. That, that could be true. Maybe you have bad knees. Have you thought it's because you're carrying an extra 75 pounds? Hell, an extra. Pick, go pick up 20 pounds right now and just try to run down your hall with that. You feel a difference? Imagine that being all over your body. 
And, and people carry a lot more than just an extra 20 pounds. There is something to how we feel, and how we feel affects us everywhere else. When my wife is killing it in the gym, she is her most satisfied at work. When she has gone days or had a weekend where we just completely blew it out of the water, hanging out with friends, drinking too much, eating too much, having a great time, but that Monday, man, all of us in the house are ducking under tables and, and trying to hide behind doors. It's not that bad. But you can tell. You can tell a difference. You really can. And, and, and we all do that. And, and what we project out usually is what comes back to us. We think what we project is an, an image of what we surround ourselves with. And that can be true, but more often than not, what we produce is what we see around us. You go around acting like a jerk all day long, you'll find yourself in the company of assholes. That's just the way it works. It's not my rules. I didn't make the universe. So it can lead into other areas. We're not just talking about fitting in pants that make you feel good. That's an awesome thing. That's, that's, that's great. Hey, my blood pressure came down, and I'm, I'm off these medications. That's amazing. That's freeing. Hell, that's a financial freedom if you know anything about the cost of those medications nowadays. But, but what does it do for you, and, and, and where does it help you in other places? We don't look at relationships that way. You're in a bad relationship. Every relationship's a bad relationship. I'm not talking about everybody else's in the world, but every relationship you're in because you can't see the good side of it anymore. One of the strangest things about getting divorced is how much everybody really wants to know your business. <laughs> it's funny. A couple of things that are true about divorce. As soon as you get divorced, you find out which friends were yours and which friends were theirs. And some of those will surprise you. Not all of them, but some of them really will. And good and bad surprises. But everybody sooner or later wants to know your business. What happened? Yeah, it was one thing. It was one thing. My dad told me something without going into too much detail. But when I told my dad I was getting a divorce, I said, an odd time. A lot of people didn't really get it. I had a two-year-old daughter. She, was, she wasn't yet two when we separated. Uh, people thought that my life was great, that our life was perfect. My dad had an objective view at that time. I don't know that he does anymore, <laughs> but he did. He had an objective view at the time. I remember him sitting down and he's telling me, you know, as a minister, you know, he talked to me as a dad for a minute, but he did for a quick second say, you know, Chad, as a minister, I want to tell you something. I don't think God likes divorce. I don't think he likes it. Everything I've ever read, anytime I've ever prayed about it, anytime I've looked at it, I don't, I don't think God likes divorce. But if I was a betting man, I'll tell you something I bet on that God doesn't like even more than that. And it's a life that feels like it's been wasted. The reasons behind my divorce are my own. They're not for me to throw out into the ether for any of you to get your noses in. And so I, I'm sorry if I speak kind of vaguely here, but my dad was spot on. Sometimes when we're in a bad situation, and I mean a bad one, not an uncomfortable one, not one you've got to grow up in, and crap like that, but sometimes when we've walked down a road and we're in a dead end, we need to be able to look at that and say, uh, I understand that I think it's easier, your brain, again, while you're running, telling you that, it's easier to stay. You're going to thank yourself later if you don't. I'm not here advocating for divorce. Uh, Marie and I will talk about that on our other show, Welding a Family. It is about the two of us and how we've got our blended family. We are not pro-divorce, but I am if you're in a horrible relationship. If you're in an abusive relationship and you can't get out of it, if you've got somebody that's clinging on to you because you've got something awful, all the extremes, the sexual abuse, stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. Come on, that's easy. What I'm talking about are the hard things where you've tried and you've looked at it and you've worked on it and, you've, and, you, and, and whatever your reasons are. That's tough. I'm not trying to make it for you. Sometimes, sometimes the answer is you got to look at what's going on and realize that you're part of the problem. Why are you stuck? Because you're not doing any work. That's just as hard. We feel stuck at a job because we've been there and we owe it to somebody to stay. Oh, God. That's, that's one of the worst ones. 
I was uh, I was in a situation one time where I said that to myself. I said I'd never do it again. My wife has told me since to calm down with that madness because I sometimes probably jump that gun a little bit more quickly than most. But you don't. You don't owe that to anybody. It's the time you can be selfish because I will tell you right now that you may be loyal to your company, but ask yourself how loyal your company has been to you. Maybe they have been, but if all of a sudden the crap hits the fan, are they watching after you like family? I've, I rarely see that. I rarely see that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's it's rare, and it's more rare than some of you would like to admit. Uh, our friend Marlena said something one time that I love: that your your uh, your uh, job posting will hit before your obituary does in the newspaper. Your company will have somebody, and they'll be looking to replace you before you are in the ground. And it's no offense to those companies. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the idea of you feeling stuck comes down to who? Yeah. David's over 400 pounds. Let's not kid it. If you've seen a picture of him, he wasn't 399. And Dave also was able to admit that he wasn't happy. And Dave knew that he needed to do a couple of things. He needed to change his mindset, right? And he needed to change his habits. And he needed to change his mental health. And that man talked about all three of them differently. And he's spot on. Because the truth of the matter is, is we all probably have some of that we need to change as well. You can say, I need to lose weight because I want to look skinnier. You can say I need to lose weight because I want to be healthier. You can say I need to get out of this bad relationship no matter what it is. I need to get out of this bad friendship. I need to find a way out of this group of friends that has done nothing but been negative for me. I have found myself in a bad spot here with this job that I'm in. We can always talk about how stuck we feel. What we have to do is change our mindset and understand that hope exists for a reason and that reason is, it's a big world out there, baby. I promise you, you can find a better path. Does it mean that the moment you leave, you're living in a cotton candy house on a rainbow field? No. No. But if you are unhappy, you have to change your mindset. And the reason you have to change your mindset and your mental health is because the path to where you want to go is going to be hard and it's going to challenge you and your mind's going to tell you to stop. It's just so much more efficient over here. Isn't it easier just dealing with it? I had a friend of mine that was one of the smartest people I ever met. And she used to say to me all the time, Chad, how many lives do you have? You want to make this one just one you sit back and it's just all easy? Or you want to live this one? Girl's been dead for a long time. And she was right from the moment she said that. I think that uh, Dave can teach us all something, that it's great. It's great. There is, there's something great in reaching goals, but there's something important in the understanding of knowing that this could take a long time. There could be a lot of mountains. There's a lot we've got to make happen. There's a lot that I'm going to go through. And as long as your mind is set and I'll throw in, surround yourself with some people that care. You'd be amazed at what you could overcome. You'd be amazed at how unstuck you could feel. i go sit at that bar where I sat and talked to my friend Matt Bridges, who has not been on the show in forever. we got to get him back on here. I remember telling him how stuck I was. And I can look back and go to that bar now and just smile and say, you know what? I'm glad I took a step down that road. Not every day is easy. I got scars that don't heal. Man, I'm glad that I can read the scales now. I'm glad that I can sit comfortably in the chairs. I'm glad that I don't lose my breath over everything, and I am not talking about weight. 
Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So different